Hey there, I'm Everett. I'm Baron. And welcome to Bro, Bro Have, Have You Seen? Alright, bro. Welcome hey, back. bro. Welcome to the studio. Yes. The We're humble here. abode. Yes. We're here at the Bro Have You Seen studio. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's very nice and cozy here. Yep. We're ready to, you know, play some Elvis and sing along and uh, enjoy talking about this film. Indeed. I think this is the longest film that I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, no. Lawrence of Arabia is slightly shorter. Uh, we watched Storm of the Century by Stephen King. Well, I Stephen don't remember King that. Adaptation. <laughs> Technically, that and Making a Murderer are my two longest things on Letterboxd. That's true, but I don't count miniseries. Okay, that's a, that's a good point. There's episodes. That's fair. It's so fair. This is a full film. It's true. With no it probably break. There's, is. There's not even an intermission. It's not. There's episodes. Yeah. There's moments where you can make your own breaks. That's true. If you've seen it, but... But, uh, yeah. Anyways, I think we're kind of jumping the gun. Uh, I don't know. How's, like, your week been going? How's your movie watching and other aspects of your life? Let's get deep here. Just kidding. <laughs> well, you know, I'm having a existential crisis. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mid- midlife crisis at 22. Uh, <laughs> no, it's been really good. I've been watching a lot of films. Uh, we'll talk about it in our um, What's Entertaining You This Week segment at the end. Um, but right. I've been really focusing on, you know, in light of all the things that are happening, you know, taking a, taking a step back and reassessing my choices and my, uh, beliefs mm-hmm. and, uh, just the way that I see the world, see people interact with different people from different cultures and races, um, specifically those from the African American community right. and trying to amplify melanated voices and so, you know, I'm working on that. And one way that I'm doing that is by watching films by black yes. directors. And so I'm excited to talk about one or two that I've been seeing lately. Nice. That's helping me grow my understanding of that culture and perfect. those people. So Awesome. Yeah, I didn't mention last week, um, but I started a new job last week. So I've been working 40 plus hour weeks. So I really don't have very much time for movies. I barely squeezed this one in. Like, not quite last minute, but just here and there where I had a few slots of time. Uh, So I'm working a lot. This is surely a daunting task. Yes. But, yeah, how was your uh, movie watching? I guess you just said that. Yeah, so, like, it hasn't been very good. um, (laughs) I'm tired. Due to work. I also work full time. I'm exhausted. So we'll see how coherent my thoughts are today. Yeah, I'm a little scattered, but <laughs> all right, I think we can make it work. Yeah, well, let's jump right in. I'm ready to start. Cool. Okay, so 1960s Taipei, 14,220 seconds, student number 86089, little four, the 217 gang. No, this isn't a film about numbers per se, but instead a film about deep, moving, complex, and above all, interconnected themes portrayed so densely and beautifully on screen that I've never, that I've ever had the pleasure to experience. This movie is perfect and absolutely amazing. Directed by one of cinema's greats, Edward Yang, who will now have been featured prominently here on the show. We discussed Yi Yi from uh, the year 2000. And now, bro, we have the pleasure of having a conversation about another one of his masterpieces, 
A Brighter Summer Day from 1991. I know from our brief conversations that you maybe aren't quite of as big of a fan, and I, I love this movie and I'm super eager to hear your thoughts. Uh, so tell me your brief, spoiler-free initial overview, initial thoughts. All right. Well, uh, off the top, I'd say be careful what you wish for, ah. because not only am I not a big fan of this movie, I really don't like it that much. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this will be like Umbrellas of Shark Oregon by the end. Maybe I can convince you. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. Um, I have some roadblocks in the way for that, okay. though. Um, so I'll just put you through my experience of watching it. So okay, go ahead. It's a four-hour movie, which is a big task uh, in and of it's itself. It's 14,220 seconds. <laughs> okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> didn't need that unnecessary. <laughs> but, uh, 237 minutes, yeah. around four hours. Yeah, it's a long movie. It's very daunting. Yeah. Like you um, said. I tried to watch it in one sitting. I think I did it in one day, at least. I took a mm. little bit of breaks yeah. in between here and there. Um, but I remember watching it pretty straight through. I don't think there was, like, a, a night's sleep in between okay. segments of watching it. So, uh, yeah. And it, like Yee Yee, kind of was a big uh, question mark for me. I didn't really know how I felt about it. And so, and I was just curious because, like we talked about with Yi, there's so much going on, there's so many characters, and the way that he structures his stories um, is very refuse-to-hold-your-hand style. Yeah. And just kind of lets you watch the movie and doesn't really help you at all uh, with understanding it. Uh, with that said... I did a lot of research about the movie. I listened to people who I know love it, like Dice K. Beppu yes. on YouTube. Uh, shout out to that guy. He's, shout out. He's legit. And uh, I really appreciate and admire his opinions on film. Not that I don't appreciate and admire your thoughts on oh, film. Oof. But I did want someone no, it's true. who, uh, I mean, he's part of the Asian community, right? He, he's a little more connected to that world, even though he's Japanese. Um, but he is a big fan of Edward Yang big fan of this movie i think this is it's, his yeah, favorite movie his favorite him. criterion collection film so. yeah and so i watched a lot of his stuff i listened to some reviews and this is just like a long way of saying that at some point i realized uh i just don't care <laughs> like there's just something about this movie that doesn't interest me and i think i know what it was it took a lot of thinking and pondering and like Okay. You know, question, you know, soul searching, really. Ooh, you went uh, on the personal discovery. Yes. Uh, I traveled far and wide ah, to, yes. to find out <laughs> what I felt about this movie. And um, without spoiling too much, um, I think it's the way that it's made. I know you're a big fan of this Taiwanese new cinema. And I mentioned at our Yi Yi episode that it wasn't really for me. Uh, yeah. But I will say now that I think Yi is far and away the better film mm. and I like it way more. I actually do like it. Whereas this <laughs> oh one, <laughs> this one, I just, I just don't care. There's something about it that holds me at a distance. Okay. And I think it has to do with even just the framing, the cinematography, the way that he shoots the characters is at a distance. I think he wants it that way. I feel like I'm supposed to be at a distance and, and detached from the okay. events in the movie and so the the points in the movie that I felt like should have given me a reaction were just things that happened. They're just images. 
there are some pretty intense moments. There's some pretty uh, big turning points for the characters. Yeah. Um, but just none of it grabbed me. So I'm actually curious on your end <laughs> of why you like this movie okay. and why you like movies like this that are in the style, the Taiwanese new cinema, that are, you know, way more intellectual than emotional. And not every movie has to be emotional. And not every movie, I'm saying, needs to be made for me. Definitely yeah. not. Um, but this one was so not made for me <laughs> that I just, like, I'm going to just say, I'm just going to take the, the uh, almost the fifth here and just say, like, I think everyone has the right or is entitled to a couple of those movies that are considered greats, masterpieces, that they can say they don't like. And I yeah, think you get this, a couple free passes. Yeah. This goes in that category for me. Uh, so yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, like your, uh, view on is respectable. Like I see why you don't like it. Your points are valid. You're not just like, Oh, I did. I hated it. It's like, you're not just like a bitter, like, <laughs> yeah. and I know like, you know, <clears throat> you personally, and I know that it's not from like a place it's, it's from like a place where you've thought about it. Like, so mm. it's fine. Like I respect your opinion. I know that this not is not made for everyone and um most likely anyone listening has most likely seen this movie um and searching out an episode to listen to about it there's so. surprisingly little online about yes. this movie um so uh i mean speaking of Daisuke Beppu, i don't know if i was gonna bring this up or not but his videos he always says like oh i'm not an expert like don't you know and all this and then people are like Daisuke you are an expert like you're really <laughs> smart and I'm definitely definitely not an expert by his definition if his if he's not even an expert then I'm so far from it as I've only seen like two and a half Taiwanese new cinema movies um, but it's an area of film that really interests me and m my lack of knowledge can be substituted by my time spent learning about it watching it and I really want to get the Criterion Edition and watch the commentaries and all the bonus features. Like, this is, is, is a film that really interests me. And I hope that I can kind of explain as well as discover why. I'm not 100% sure, but I think maybe by the end we'll be able to figure some stuff out Yeah, along the way. That's part of the challenge, I think, is that a lot of the events in the movie are so obscured and so, like blink of an eye yeah important stuff or never mentioned that is supposed to be important and then it comes around three hours later and you forgot yeah that's one of the coolest things that i like um the whole time it's like hey why is that important why are they showing this what is that then by the end it kind of you get some revelatory moments where it kind of makes you rethink everything that's come before and what i need to do i realize this time is watch it in a shorter interval so i don't wait so long to watch it again because now that I know what's happening I can rewatch it with those fresh eyes of the end of the movie because there are lots of lots of lots of details like this thing is so dense it's kind of like Yee but I think it's I don't not to like um diminish you in any way but I think it's like a lot more hard to find it's not as surface level I think there's a lot of deeper uh I think it takes a little bit more digging and maybe it's just like I don't know. It, this film just really resonated with me. It, I just connected with it. I don't necessarily um, relate to the characters in a huge way, but in some ways, 
I do. So I don't know. There's just a lot of there's just mm-hmm. a weird personal attachment that I have for this movie. Like I really remember when I first watched it. I did watch it in one sitting the first time, and that was amazing. Like I remember being totally moved and then shocked, jaw on the floor at some moments. Those key turning points, and uh, as well as some pretty emotional moments. I didn't have some of the same reactions this time. I watched it over like three or four days. It was really hard to fit in, yeah. as I mentioned. But if you can watch it in one sitting, um, that's what I'd go for. But uh, yeah, so I think that kind of sums it up for our overview. Yeah, pretty general thoughts can... out of the way. Uh, yeah. we're, we're at a bit of a dissonance here, but uh, as we keep going through the details of the movie... Uh, maybe we'll reach some common ground. Maybe we'll uh, at least get to the bottom of yeah. our differences. So. Let's see. <laughs> but yeah, um, I wouldn't say that this movie isn't worth your time. It is long. I like some long movies. I talked about Gene Dealman. Yeah. Uh, I think that was in my 70s list. Like, I just recently saw it, and I was blown away. And that's, like, 30 minutes shorter than this. Mm-hmm. So it's not too far off. I don't think that's the reason is that it's too long it is really dense that could be part of it um and just to uh i guess rebuttal your uh your statement about how maybe this themes are a little less surface level than on ye mm. um which is true but even still i think the themes in ye are not that surface level in comparison to i mean a lot of movies out there uh, it still takes a lot true. of digging it still that's, takes a lot of true. thought but there's just something different about this movie that I just don't have a desire to dig in and find more things. Okay. Like, I just, I don't feel compelled to learn anything more. That's kind of why I started my research and then I was just like, you know, why am I doing this? Like, I'm not interested in this at all. So. Okay, I want to I talk about something here. <clears throat> and I think you kind of mentioned this to me, how Yee maybe has some more relatable... So they're both kind of centered around a family drama type structure in a way that's one of the aspects of a brighter summer day is the family drama it's one small slice of the story as well as uh i mean it's kind of genre defined as maybe a crime movie or a romance movie so there's a couple different genre bending there but ye is mostly a family drama and so the themes there you know we talked um about like duality and a lot of like very personal uh, human themes, mm-hmm. where maybe this one seems more like a movie about politics, and there's the whole conversation about um, the situation of Taiwan, which is a massive part of this movie, and something that uh, I don't even think an outsider can fully understand. There's parts in the movie where different dialects of Chinese are used, and different uh, Mandarin to Cantonese and Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many nuances that I go way over my head yeah and that's part of the, the thing why i say i know this movie is just not made for me it's yeah it's made for someone who is more steeped in that culture but i would say that the politics and the time period and the historical event that this is revolving around which that i guess are we going to get into spoilers can we just i think it's i there? think it's fine to start talking okay. about some details but so by the way like if anyone yeah. wants to go see this movie like don't take my word for it. Don't take his word for it. Like, I think it's it's uh, a movie that I think deserves to be talked about and seen. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, it's a movie. <laughs> it is. 
and, a, yeah. and and if you're interested in Asian cinema, Taiwanese cinema in particular, if you like if you liked Yi Yi, maybe like by chance you discovered Yi Yi from us talking about it, that would be sweet. Uh, then I'd say this is the the obvious next step for you to, yeah. to start going back in time. This came out nine years before, mm-hmm. so um, quite a big change from this to his last film Yi, which um, yeah, I don't want to talk. I don't want to compare them too much. Right. There is a nine-year gap. There's a, and... couple, there's a couple things that I might mention later of some kind of uh, precursory things in this that are later mm. fully discovered or maybe talked about or uh, portrayed in a different way in Yi Yi. I think maybe some aspects were refined over the years. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, anyways. Yeah, but I think, I think we've pretty well laid out maybe why someone would want to see this movie, maybe why someone wouldn't want to see this movie. Uh, so if you think it's for you, go check it out. It's streaming on the Criterion channel right now. I think that's the only place you could find it. Probably. Uh, it might be yeah. on your local library's Canopy streaming oh, thing. I don't really know too much about that. I wish but I, I had know, Canopy, yeah. I know a lot of people see films through that, especially foreign... Excuse me, foreign... Um, and so, yeah, I'd say from here on out, we're going to yes. dig into some details. We might spoil some things. Definitely spoil. I, Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hard. Um, yeah. It's like you said, about. a lot of the details come around later. So. Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay. All right. So, as I was talking about earlier, so the killing of the girl, which is like the literal translation of the Chinese title, killing of a girl on... The death of a youth on some street. I I wish I had it in front of me. I was going to ask if you had that. I was going to look that up before, but it's something along those lines. Anyways, that's the main historical event that actually happened in Taiwan when Edward Yang was growing up. Mm-hmm. I think that's one facet of the film where maybe it's him processing. It was like a really big deal for the youth growing up at the time, the people and everyone living there. I think this might be a way that he's processing the event, and I guess I'm kind of going to flow through some things here yeah uh one of the themes i think is really explored is like christianity and savior like being a savior um xiao sir the main boy mm-hmm. has a lot of um conversation with his sister and really his ultimate turning point is very steeped in like a christianity mind view and there's a lot of interesting things i really don't understand there still like there i guess there's a lot of symbols of light he has the flashlight the whole time, and at mm. one point he gives it up, and he sets it down and leaves it in the film studio. Mm. And then there's, like, him crashing the... He turns on the light bulb right at the first shot of the movie. I thought it was, like, a studio image, but it's, like, the first shot of the movie. Oh, and then yeah. at the end of the movie, he breaks the light bulb with his baseball bat. There's yeah. a lot of interesting imagery of light, which relates to Savior and stuff like that. that and so that's kind of an interesting theme. I think maybe Edward Yang might be... Uh, processing this event and seeing it through how the um, murderer may have seen it you know maybe he was acting as a savior like the circumstances that led up to something like this Mm. of someone doing such an act I think that's one thing that I've thought about leading up and watching it again Um, and there's so many little details there to explore so like like what I was trying to mention earlier was that this movie may seem like very political and of the time era, but I think there are lots of other very universal themes and things that Edward Yang explores later, such as like the family aspects, the interconnected people. Um, there's a lot of shots from 
uh, the backs of people and a lot of scenes where they're saying important dialogue but we only see their back mm. and that's a theme heavily explored in Yee where you're only yeah. seeing half of the truth yeah that was a big thing in Yee that I liked so there's actually. like some imagery where I'm like okay this seems like he's, he's like exploring the filmmaking style of using that as a symbol the, the framing and composition of people as like a symbol that makes sense and I think it goes back to my biggest issue with Yi, which was, uh, yeah, there are some elements of, and this is about Brighter Summer Day, there are some elements of, like, family drama. You were saying that that's, like, what this movie is mainly about, and I don't think I can follow you there. I don't know mainly. I don't think... It's a I chunk. Think, I don't think Edward Yang... It just seems to me that he's not as interested in that narrative so much as he is just capturing the time period. I totally agree with that. And yeah. capturing the politics, like you said, how... I mean, this is the first generation of immigrants to Taiwan, and they've, they're have they still living under this nationalist rule um, that's very um, almost tyrannical in a way, and then their kids are growing up in this new environment. There's not an established culture. There's not an established like set of guidelines or rules they're trying to follow in their parents footsteps but their parents don't know what yeah. they're doing either and so there's all of that stuff going on um and then the gang stuff yeah and and so i think Zhao sir's storyline probably is the central focus of the movie but the themes that are brought up i don't feel are as important yeah and and this is where it kind of ties into my complaint about Yi is that it just feels too stuffed with different things. And I feel like if he had just like focused in, if he had, if he had made this movie into three separate movies mm. where he could tackle the themes. I don't, of, I don't think that, I don't think that would work. Not, not the story itself, no, I, I but the themes, if he made a movie about, okay, there's this boy who murdered a girl and we're going to go through maybe his thought process and about the savior thing and that was a movie and then there's a movie about these gangs and how their rivalries and all this stuff and then there's a movie about you know the cultural um not appropriation but the cultural influences from america with the elvis and all the different things that are coming up through mm -hmm. through cat and his whole group and stuff if that was a movie and like you know if there were if it was I don't diluted not diluted. The reason why I don't agree is because they're all the the buzzword of the movie is interconnectivity. It's such a web of people, of themes, of ideas, of history and uh, human nature. It's like that's the whole point of the movie. If I you just don't it like up, it. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> but that's that's where that's what I love is. It, it's really a very wide shot. Instead of a close-up, you're getting a really wide shot of lots of things, and there's sort of different episodes, but they all have threads running through them, and it's all so interestingly connected and so dense and like complex. Yeah, and, that, and that's what you just said, actually, is, again, why I didn't like this, is it's such a wide shot. It's so hard to feel anything for these people. No way, dude. <laughs> when all you get is like little moments in their lives and it's like it's such a bland like 
milk toast feeling that I had. No. That was just, there was nothing, there was no like highs or lows for me. It was just, I was looking at images and I was hearing sound and like, I couldn't get into their world at all because it, I feel like it's too far back. I mean, like, all right, Fast and Furious, they're gonna, okay. they're gonna give okay. you the close up of Dom's face when he's like feeling okay. some emotion. And then that, I mean, okay, that's a surface level thing. And I kind of say that half as a joke, but it, it allows you to see through their eyes. But this, you're kind of just like a bystander in all these events. And it's like, true. maybe that's what he's going for. And I respect that. I just don't like it that much. That's I don't, okay. I just don't connect. That's okay. But anyways, like all of that being said, that's really what draws me to the this style of movie and this specific movie is the wide, um, sprawling interconnectivity of everyday life and of people and of uh, historical things and there's just so much to unpack and I think you look at the big picture and it seems kind of bland but I mean I know you said that even the moment like specific moments didn't really weren't really high and low for you but there's so many little moments here and there that are really emotional and sweet and loving or they're horrific or there's just such a great mix of genre of emotion of you know it just is so like endlessly interesting to me and there's like some some bands that I like a lot of their music all their different albums have different uh styles different themes different it's just like a wide maybe it's my generalist like uh roots like I, I I'm, I'm very much a generalist I like doing lots of different things and um this movie kind of just speaks to that inner generalist of just lots mm. of things going on, lots of different plots, lots of connect, all the connected plots. Oh, that's just like, it's so satisfying. And it just creates something, uh, such a nice piece to dissect. Because I could watch this a hundred more times and there's still things that I could find. And that's true. I say that about every movie, really, like mm. Pulp Fiction and all these ones that we've watched and talked about. But, like, this one, I think, is one of the best examples of just little moments and themes. Like, I was writing, I have a page, a whole page in my notebook of, like, themes I thought from the movie. Like, different things that he was exploring. Or even my own interpretation. That's a whole aspect. Like, me interpreting different characters and their relationships to each other and what those mean. Um, there's people that, like, say uh, Ming might be the uh, center of the movie. And her character, like, uh, Daisuke Beppu was talking about how her character might be extremely misunderstood and how rich her character is after he's watched it so many times. And I was just barely beginning to maybe see that. It's just, but I, I see all of your points. There's, mm. it's very far back and removed. You're not getting a lot of close interaction with characters. It's just quiet observations. Yeah, it just kind of comes across as cold yeah. when you cut out the intimacy of that kind of thing. And I will say, similar with Yi, my my entry point and the thing that I liked the most was Cat, um, mm. the little boy. I mean, he's a pretty cute kid. He's, Dude, I love he's lovable. He's funny. He's always trying to be the positive uh, influence on Sir and trying to 
you know, de-escalate situations, and he's kind of just um, a very kind of a mediator in that way. Um, and I felt like the movie gave him more time to uh, become fleshed out in an emotional way, I suppose, in a way that, you know, you can, like I said, kind of see through his eyes and things. And I guess that, that comment about the generalist thing, that, that makes a lot of sense to me, um, just in the things that I know you're interested in. And I think that I'm not that way. And, uh, it makes sense why we have different reactions to a movie like this, because Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I don't know if there's a, a word that's like the antonym to generalist, like specifist or, you yeah. know, like I like maybe to compartmentalize things a little bit more. And there are things that just don't interest me and I don't care to like, like I have a few things that I really yeah. like and everything else I could take it or leave it. You know what I mean? And so this, I felt like, okay, if I had more of cat or even if I had more of Zhao Sir, that wasn't, so bloated with all of the gang stuff that it seems like he's not really a part of. Yeah. Um, and all of his other siblings that doesn't really impact his storyline as much. As, I think it as, probably does. I just as much as just not directly, I guess as much as they might have parallels between what's going on with him. Like I know the father has a lot of parallels with like his reaction to authority yeah. and his job. And then, you know, Jasser's well, reaction thing. to authority. That's another thing school. is uh, the father-son relationship is something that he explored in Yee a lot, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's personal based on his relationship with his father. I don't, like, there's a lot of interpretation there because I don't know a lot about Edward Yang. But I know, like, extrapolating from other artists, they deal with father-son issues if they've had issues with their fathers in their lives or maybe they had really good relationships and that's where this is coming from. And I guess the two actors are actually father and son, and mm, yeah, that's true. There's some that. other things <clears throat> like, but yeah, that's the cool thing. You got Shouser and his relationship with his dad. You have the two parents' relationship with each other. You have Shouser and Ming. You have Shouser and like Cat. You have Shouser and uh, Ma, his friend. That's yeah. the rich kid. That you was kind of interesting. You have the, all the these different triangle. people and all of their interaction with each other. And I would say it is really confusing like yeah i i still have a hard time i finally fit some people together that i'd never done before like uh Sir's family i finally understand who all the siblings are and that they are his siblings i had no idea like yeah one of the sisters the one that's very religious i never knew she was a sister i thought she was like a tutor or a friend like she's very estranged and like we kind of talked about off air but um it, a lot of the stuff in the movie is not explained. It's just yeah. briefly shown, and it just takes so much effort and energy to figure out things. And multiple viewings, I'd say, really aid that, of course, as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I definitely liked the cat stuff. I kind of liked the maw stuff. Yeah. Um, I liked Honey as well. He was a cool character. Yeah, Honey's very interesting. Um, and there's Jade and, like, the whole confusion with Jade and Ming... There's still some aspects yeah. of those relationships I don't understand. There's aspects of the gangs and, like, when Chao Sir gangs up with horse cart or whatever and then they slay all the guys at the pool hall. I'm not exactly sure how and why they did that. I'm not 100% sure why Honey comes back and gets involved and he gets killed. Like, there's a lot of things I'm not 100% sure on, mm-hmm. but 
that does not degrade my love for something. I don't think that just because I don't know every single thing about it that I still can't love it. Like, that's yeah. that's what I enjoy is, like, okay, I watch it once. I got a couple more things. Now, in six months, I might watch it again, and I'll get something else. And eventually, I'll have mm. a better understanding. And so, like, yeah. this episode, maybe not, it's, gonna, it's not going to be my full <laughs> compendium of knowledge on the movie because I... I'm still learning about it, like I said yeah. multiple times. Yeah, and it's 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 a it's like a four forty hour movie that got compressed into a four hour movie. Yeah. So there is a lot there, and and I agree with you that you don't have to necessarily understand something to love it. Um, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So yeah, because I, don't know I wanted to say something in my defense. When uh, you rewatched it, and then I was looking at my review and stuff, and it said, like, oh, I didn't like this as much as Yee Yee, and, like, I was kind of backing down, like, oh, maybe it's really not that great, like, I don't know if I really loved mm. it as much. I was like, yeah, it's kind of, like, meh. But then when I rewatched it, I was like, wait, yeah, I really do like this a lot. I really mm. have a strong attachment to it, and, um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. Anyways. Cool. Um, let's see. There's, okay, maybe we can talk about, we've kind of mentioned the cinematography, how you, kind of your interpretation of it being cold, and, and it is very wide shot, and we talked about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Taiwanese new cinema often does that with very wide shots, no close-ups. The camera never Mostly moves. stationary, yeah. yeah. There's just a, usually, a, I think in this movie, a couple pans, maybe, uh-huh. There's no dolly shots. There's no interesting movement. It's that's it's, part of it uh, too. That's part of it too. It's very naturalistic, it's very stationary, um, and you know a director can create tension and evoke emotion by moving the camera, like a simple push zoom, or yeah. you know a simple uh, I don't know even even like just some some flourishes mm-hmm. here and there. Like they do a lot to change. Uh, how the story is being told so I think that's another aspect to it that you know makes me uh, stand at a distance yeah to it so I have a couple shots that I really liked Um, so I'll just kind of go through those and maybe if you want to jump in feel free so early on in the film there's the two gangs chasing each other the little park boys are chasing the 217 gang and there's a shot up through a building and they run in through the front door, and then there's a window on the right side of the frame that you see the 217 boys coming up, and you see them, and then later you see the Little Park boys, so it's like you see the stairways through the windows, and, like, interesting composition like that Mm. was really cool to see. There's a point-of-view shot through the, like, bug mesh of Shouser's bed, Mm. uh, his little sleeping apartment. It's showing it through, and the, the slat door is about almost all the way closed and you see like people's feet walking and then later it opens up and it's like whoa what the like and only later you understand oh that's where he's sleeping and so we were seeing through his eyes in that scene um looking out and seeing his family interact with each other little things like that um drew me in to different moments and uh yeah kind of jumped out at me nice um there's one there's two other shots that are parallel that i really love and they kind of use sound and also foreground background ideas, which I, I imagine are probably explored a lot. Maybe without, instead of moving the camera, I think he does a lot of stuff with foreground background. 
so often he'll have uh, characters in the foreground and then something happening in the background or vice versa. So the first scene is with the two parents talking on the bus. They're, the mom is complaining how the father isn't really stressed about the things she's stressed about, and that plays into the whole the parents being stressed about the situation politically. But the whole time, it's just overbearing sounds of tanks driving by. And I think that's just a way, a subtle way of the overbearing military power. Mm. And so that conversation paired with the sound and the like shaky, dark bus scene yeah. is really interesting to me. And that was a little detail I really loved. Yeah, that's true. A lot of the political things, as far as Taiwan as a nation, is very much under the surface. Of right. The movie. You get tiny glimmers here and there, but as a whole, the movie doesn't tell you a whole lot about it and kind of just lets you find history right. to illuminate what's going on in the movie, uh, which is... <laughs> I don't want to keep bagging <laughs> on it, all right? I don't want to keep, like, having yeah. issues. Okay. But that's just well, something that, that like, point, just toss it back over. As, a, as a piece of art, I feel like you need to have a certain formal analysis of it. Like, I don't, I don't really like when, in order to understand a movie, you need to have knowledge of what's going on uh, you at think the it time set up or in the country. There was the title card. If that's going to be a part of minimal. the movie, then I think there needs to be a little more... I don't know. A part of, part of me is saying this just to see how it sounds and see if I yeah. agree with myself or not. Yeah, but, I know uh, how you are. I know. I feel like, you know, if, if you have to find extra textuals to explain what's going on within the text, then I don't think that's, like... Proper, maybe? Yeah, I just, like, I don't think that's a good... I don't, like, I think that's just, like, poor filmmaking. Like, I just think that's not talent. It's almost laziness, like... Yikes, just kidding. <laughs> I feel like you're expecting too much from an audience that should be expecting more from you in a way mm. maybe that's okay i don't know it's an interesting thought to, to brew on that's that's why i just feel like as a lot of the things that are happening to these characters i just don't i don't feel that edward yang really cares like i don't i don't feel the personal in it you know what i mean and like there's some debate about the auteur theory and like you know how much yeah. how personal should a work be to an artist and I guess it just comes down to like what you appreciate more and I think I have a penchant for more personal stories and more personal attachments to the filmmaker as a whole and as personal as this may be I just don't get that feeling from it okay I don't know it's I can, just a I different can respect vibe. that it's a different vibe that. um so yeah oh so <laughs> My other, the other scene that's paralleled with this is a scene between Ming and Xiao Sir, where Ming is holding Xiao Sir's flashlight, which, again, I don't really know what it means exactly, or fully, 
But then there's tanks driving by in the foreground, and they're having some sort of conversation. I can't exactly remember what they're talking about, but I just remember that scene being very similar, how it, with the parents, the sounds of the tanks were driving in the background, and in this one, they were just moving blurly through the foreground every once in a while, where Ming was standing there, shining a flashlight at like, the soldiers on the tanks or whatnot. So those are two like interesting scenes. And I feel like a lot of times there's probably lots of parallelism between different people, different groups, um, and ideas. Um, so yeah, that was one of them that I noticed a lot this time that I really liked. Hmm. Uh, let me just check what else I have. Uh, a lot of the stuff I have in my notes are kind of specific quotes and things that I kind of pulled maybe more for my own like thought process. There's just like some mm -hmm. quotes that people say that I feel like have some depth to them. There's one that I want to say really fast and I don't really have anything to add to the end of it, but just to say it. And I think it's the father, the first father-son interaction. There's two when they're walking with their bikes. Yeah. And each time is a really interesting reaction or interaction, my bad. But the father says, a person who will apologize for wrongs he didn't commit is capable of all sorts of terrible things. Mm. I feel like that comes into play in interesting ways, but I'm not 100% sure how I interpret <laughs> it or what it is meant to say. So mm. that's just like interesting food for thought of a, a piece of dialogue I really liked. Yeah. Maybe it just kind of shows like a lack of character. Maybe it shows a lack of like... Um... You're not as set in your beliefs. If you're willing to take the blame for something, then yeah. you lack courage, maybe. And so maybe that's kind of what the dad's getting at. Yeah. More politically, I don't know Taiwan specifics, um, but he had that interaction with the police or the investigators. Yeah, that's a whole subplot that I'm yeah. still trying to wrap my head around. I think they were trying to get him to rat out certain partisans. Yeah. Because there's the whole partisan thing. He was suspected thing. of being part of communist, anti-communist I think groups. so. I and think so, so his friend from mm. Shanghai, there's that whole connection between him and his friend from Shanghai. And that's his like boss. helping his wife get her certificate of teaching and helping yeah. him get a raise. And there's like... That was like the boss. He he hires him later. He promotes him. Yeah. He was and like a friend. He was a friend from Shanghai. Oh. But I think he is his boss. But I think he first is. a friend and then they work together mm. and he helped him with... He's like a rich guy and... Yeah. And, and they're I like, liked those interactions. It was really interesting. They had a whole big thing about like... I mean, the dad, maybe he's like talking about himself because... You know, what was the exact quote again? I'm trying to remember it. A person who will apologize for wrongs he didn't commit is capable of all sorts of terrible things. Mm. Uh, that's something maybe uh, tangentially I wanted to mention is one of the things I found most interesting this time is how it takes these teen themes and this like angst and this finding one's identity and just gives it this spotlight. And maybe it's it's weird how that plays out because of the things he does and because the interactions between the youth and that's again back to the politics i mean we mm -hmm. mentioned how there's really no culture and these kids are they're listening uh to like lots of 50s and 60s uh american music yeah they don't really know what it means they the he cat gets the words translated phonetically by the older sister yeah so he can she sing them in even, english she didn't even get it right yeah like, she misquoted the elvis song uh, does your mind 
drift to a bright summer day is the actual line. It's a brighter sunny day. Really? Yeah. Sunny. Wow. Yeah. It's not even so summer. So it's not even summer day. Uh-huh. Well, there's something I didn't know. <laughs> See? There's also... I looked up the lyrics to that song yeah. after that. Um, yeah, so there's that. Um, just the heavily steeped in 50s uh, American culture uh, is interesting how they're kind of grappling with what's going on and also the generational differences there's also people like the uncle whatever that runs the little shop i think he's a native taiwan yeah he is guy and And his family he has resentment towards the chinese immigrants yeah he's like oh your daughter goes to a fancy university ha ha like yeah there's interest and then like the whole thing about their credit at the shop Mm -hmm. and and there's a scene where xiao sir is almost gonna maybe possibly kill him he has a brick in his hand and he's uh out late at night and he's the guy's drunk and he yeah. but then when he has a heart attack he drops a brick on the ground possibly a moment and that's I true i didn't see that it. as i didn't see that as he was gonna kill that guy possibly but i did notice that like maybe he was up to no good and then he saw that guy and possibly. chose to have maybe he's gonna throw a brick through a window or something yeah i don't know what he was gonna do that's interesting i didn't really think but, about that yeah i i kind of noticed that and then I was listening to another podcast and they mentioned that moment. I was like, yeah, I do remember that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing him drop the brick. It's kind of dark and uh, the side of the frame. That's a thing uh, like Shao Sir's arc where there's some turning points of his violence, which later play out in the murder. Yeah. Which that scene is so interesting. I just, the first time I saw it, I wasn't hundred percent sure if she like, it doesn't reveal if he actually stabbed her. Like, He's, like, going pretty hard, but then, like, later you finally see the blood, and then Mm -hmm. that's when it's confirmed, like, yeah, she's dead, and he's Mm -hmm. like, Ming, get up, like, get on your feet, get up. And then there's everyone in the background just moving, and then eventually they start noticing and coming over, and, like... That was crazy, like... It was so even He didn't even try to leave, like, run away, or do anything. He was just shocked. It's like he was so upset, and, like, it's so interesting. Once he was dead, he realized that he did such a terrible thing like yeah i mean not to sound like uh, pretentious or anything but i did see that coming like the yeah. murder of the girl i totally like i felt like it was kind of obvious like i don't know that kind of thing happens a lot in movies you know or maybe it's because you subconsciously knew the original title i didn't from earlier <laughs> i definitely i think i remember it. telling you like oh yeah the original title is killing of a thing no i mean but maybe it's subconscious what i'm saying because i've feel could, like I mentioned it to you when it I It could be subconscious, it. but there's no chance I would have ever thought about it. Like, maybe? No, no way. But anyways. But yeah, that was like, I I, I knew that was going to happen at some point. Or I, I kind of expected it as a, as a possibility. But it was interesting how he was planning to kill Ma. Like, he wasn't even going for That's her at, the, at first. And then That's Ma, true. like, Ma wasn't there. Yeah, and then she was there, and he's well, like, "Well, she noticed him because oh, Ma's bike was yeah. still there, and she comes out, and then she's like, show sir, show sir,' and she like chases him down, and mm. then he's like, uh, yeah. I can't remember.' Their interaction was really interesting. Yeah, they got into a bit of an argument. You know, he like called her some names, and yeah, and then she like kind of railed against he him. He says some dialogue again about that Christianity, the savior like aspects, because he had been talking to his sister. And yeah, he he's all about like, oh, if you be with me, like I can protect yeah, you. Yeah, there's like the whole security and thing, stuff. and yeah, he's like, I'm like another honey. That's why you can't forget him because yeah. I'm like the him reincarnated, like not reincarnated, but like I'm <laughs> him. Yeah, like in the same ways. And 
it seems it's like uh, if I can't have you, no one can. Yeah, scenario. that's what I kind of felt like too. Uh, he's like, well, I guess if I yeah, if I can't have you, and if I want to protect you from all these other people, then you're just gonna have, have to, to die. die. Yeah. But it seemed like such a weird. Um, instantaneous decision that wasn't yeah. fully thought through of the consequences because yeah. he stabs her a bunch and then like I said afterwards he like snaps out of it and it's like a really weird that scene is still super in- really weird and interesting yeah it doesn't really add up but I'm sure there's something there yeah it's crazy Um, yeah there's so many scenes I love there's so many little dialogue um We've kind of been talking about this the whole time, but is there any other themes at play? Do you, is there anything else you'd want to talk about? As far as themes, like, I mean, heading into this, I was going to say that there aren't really any themes at all. Like, <sighs> I, I can, I got some for you. But <laughs> I know, like, now that I think about it, like, it's similar to Yi, where there's it's just, true. like, little details that add up later. Just felt like they didn't get brought through as clearly, I guess, as I would have wanted yeah and you keep kind of coming back to that and yeah and i i still keep rallying against that where i was <laughs> like that's the point like the point is that it's dense and then it takes time and interpretation and it takes some you know no yeah i understand it, that i understand and not that. like that you're not doing that but like that's just keeps that just like <laughs> pointing out that this is like the conversation the whole time is like you yeah. saying oh this is bad because of this. And I'm like, well, no, that's why it's good. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we're getting anywhere, but probably not. It's because it's an that's interesting conversation. It's, on it's a show, matter of, it's a matter of subjectivity. It's, it's a matter of perspective. It's a matter of like, like I, I understand what the movie's going for, but like, I just don't, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. And you at said all. that on the onset so, too. So like, I, I respect it. But I, it, the other thing I was just going to say is that it's kind of interesting because usually on the show we both have very similar uh, love for the <laughs> yeah. movies. No, it's so good. it's kind of yeah, rare so. that we usually have a little bit of debate and back and forth like this. Yeah. So it's been good. But I just want to pose a couple more um, themes. Like I said, I was writing down some in my notebook during my lunch break and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool theme explored between these people and this is kind of a cool thing subtly explored or this is kind of a big one. So... I think one of the biggest ones, possibly even the biggest, and we haven't even talked about this yet, which is crazy, I don't know how I haven't mentioned this, is injustice. So many times characters are talking about injustice, there's uh, all the demerits he gets at school for things he didn't really do, or he wasn't involved with, or he did do, but like the ways that it plays out he doesn't deserve. There's lots of interesting things in school that's injustice, there's the injustice of the society and the politics, there's lots of injustice in general through the movie um growing up and kind of a coming of age story is kind of a big theme of the movie uh Xiao Sir is kind of finding himself and all the kids that we kind of we already mentioned that a little bit um and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff to think about there as well and then Christianity what it means to be a savior uh I really want to revisit those moments between him and his sister and what they talk about and then when he talks to Ming right at the end when he's got this weird vision of what he should be doing and as acting like a savior. I think there's some stuff there to think about. Uh, I kind of mentioned the teen issues and angst given the stage slash spotlight or a voice. I think that's kind of an interesting thing. Um, humility in some ways, um, being humble, I think has some implications and 
moments through the movie. Um, friendship, trust and betrayal, war and peace, violence and tranquility. Those are all kind of contrasted the whole time during the movie. Literally, War and Peace is referenced by Honey. Yeah. And so that's kind of uh, another lens is... And, like, how the movie kind of flips on a dime between being this, like, drama romance movie to this, like, slash uh, sword, Japanese sword slashing up a bunch of guys uh, mm-hmm. gangster movie. And so I think those two contrasting ideas of... You know, and Ma and Xiao Sir and their trust and betrayal, uh, how he mentions, oh, I'm, I let you be my best friend, yada yada, like, yeah. all that stuff. So, that's another interesting one. Um, introspection, I think, plays a part. Um, definitely has made me a little bit introspective in some ways, thinking about different things. Um, yeah, I'd just leave it at that. Uh, I think it's kind of a movie about people, everyday life, interconnected family and friends, the generational differences, and as we've talked about, nonstop Taiwan. And I said earlier, a way for maybe Yang to process events of his past. And yeah, that's kind of all I came up with for now. But uh, hmm. I think there's a lot, dude. I think this is a really deep one. But I, I, might be. I can't. I, I really don't know what my favorite is between this and Yi Yi. I have not decided yet. I thought that was I thought Yi Yi was my favorite. Now this one might be, now that one might be. I don't know. They're both so mm. good and subtly different, but share lots of threads. So yeah. One last thing. We talked about the music. Dude, the music is fantastic. All of the music is uh kind of lame bootlegs of really great songs. <laughs> But I've listened to the Spotify playlist that some awesome fan created and featuring songs like Why by Frankie Avalon and Mr. Blue by the Fleetwoods, as well as, of course, Elvis Presley's Don't Be Cruel and Are You Lonesome Tonight. Those songs are all so good, and I've listened to them dozens and dozens of times on Spotify. I, I love all the music in this movie, and this Blu-ray edition I have comes with a CD but it includes all of those bootlegged copies. I thought I was going to get all oh, the original yeah, Elvis songs, and <laughs> but I bet it's really hard to get the rights for stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that's why they yeah, did it makes covers. Sense. Yeah. But music plays a big part in the movie culturally and with Cat. Uh, I, I like how Cat's little subplot of sending the recording to Elvis and yeah. going back and getting the ring. That's kind of another thing where I didn't really get the first time because he already has the ring on, mm-hmm. but he's sending another tape, but they throw it away. So that leads me to, so he's already sent a tape and successfully yeah. got it out of the country, but the second time, the guy's like, he's like, oh, you accept tapes, you told me, but then they just throw it away. I thought that he was giving the tape to Zhao Sir in jail. I thought oh. he was at the jail, and he wanted Zhao Sir to listen to the tape okay. that he sent to Elvis or something. Okay, that makes more sense because that was the let he wrote the letter to Zhao Sir about how right because he was narrating over the top yeah of that scene. he's like yeah I guess I what? hope I can show you the ring someday whenever yeah. you get out yeah that makes more sense if it's Dude, the prison Zhao Sir got a long time sentence for yeah that. like thirty years or something he he got out after his thirtieth birthday it said at the end there's like a little yeah uh card a little title card thing that's a long time yeah yeah that's crazy yeah so yeah music's great um. 
anyways, I think that's about all I have for now. Cool. Um, I'm definitely a five star on this movie. It went up from my previous four and a half stars, but I'm now sitting at a solid five. Nice. I don't know. You don't have to necessarily give it a star rating if you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, so I typically have my... Um, the movies that I don't really like, but can appreciate their achievement as that's like a four star movie. Mm. And I, I'm kind of debating between that and whether or not I really appreciate its achievement and giving it like two stars. <laughs> hey, just, but the lower you don't. rate it, the more room it has to grow on you in the future. That's true. There's <laughs> a very, very, very small chance that I'll watch oh. this again. We'll see. Uh, I might, years down the road, say, you know what? I'm ready to submit myself and to then, it again. when you do that, you can just re-listen <laughs> to this episode so that you can hear the thoughts. That's true. That's true. But I feel like I'm a broken record at this point. So Me too. I'll just, I mean, I, I, I ended my... I really had, like, two things to say this whole time. Uh, and that was that Taiwanese new cinema holds me at a distance. And... That's why I can't really invest. And also, yeah, just... Um, not for you. Not for me. Maybe it's not for the listeners, but maybe it is. <laughs> yeah. So if you, they've stuck with us, watch it. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's, it's, worth, it's worth the time, you know? And uh, I, I'm, I'm a completist, so I want to say that I've seen the entire movie, but... I wouldn't blame you if you got bored halfway through or something. Um, I would blame you. But at the same time, like, a lot of things come up at the end, and it changes, you know, kind of what you saw at the beginning. It's mm. just, like, it's so long that you've pretty much forgotten what happened at Yeah, the that's why I want to watch it, like, two times back-to-back, <laughs> so I can just get the perspective of the... Or watch it in reverse. Ooh. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not literally 100% reverse, but, like forward but be able to see the last scene first and the first scene last do a memento style yeah yeah exactly that's what i want all right someone out there make the cut <laughs> i don't know how to do that so oh, man it's a call to action yeah cool well Kay. all right let's let's call it a day and Dang. uh okay well i think we, i think i did a good job at explaining uh my 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 quick review points are i really love taiwanese new cinema it's becoming increasingly interesting to me and uh this one is a, a definite staple and must and uh yeah it's a must-see movie generally for movie people because it's like on the top 20 of the letterbox top 250 it's on like bfi's film list it's on uh a lot of other yeah. really highly seen lists it's one of the most not one of the most talked about it's really highly talked about and praised by critics and fans alike uh, i think it has a perfect score on raw tomatoes of 100 percent wow and uh just wait till I get a Rotten Tomatoes. No, it'll go Just down kidding. to ninety nine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's it's, it's, good. it's a it's a movie. It's yep, a, it's a movie. It, it's a film. Okay. Um. Yeah. That's it. I think. Okay. Just really quick. I have a metaphor. Okay. That I think can explain our differing viewpoints on this movie and why you like it and why I don't. Okay. So I had a conversation recently with our older brother. He's about three years older than me, and. Um, we just kind of were talking about our different interests, like, because that's kind of what you do, is you talk about yourself, 
and what you like to other people. That's like yes. all life. That and is so all conversation. He is very steeped in food and food culture. He's he has a bachelor's in food science, and uh, I work in construction, and that's kind of my career goal. And in both of those fields, there is very surface level things that most people know about, like. Okay, there's a drill, it drives screws, you know, that sort of thing. But there's also, it's kind of an iceberg effect where you can know so much about it. I was explaining to him kind of the properties of concrete and the properties of certain types of wood and engineered wood and all these different things that are, you know, not something that your average person knows about. And he was explaining the cheese making process and things like that that I have no idea about. And it's kind of a thing where he was really interested in food, and so he delved way into it and got a degree in food. I'm interested in construction, and I'm working on a degree in construction management. And uh, it's if you're not interested in food, like I'm not really that interested in knowing how cheese is made. It's kind of a fascinating subject to listen to someone tell me about, but it's not something I'm ever going to go look up and research and uh, go to school for. And so this movie is kind of like that. If if you are interested in the kind of things that are going on here, then you can dive way in and you can learn all the stuff that this True. movie has to offer. But if you're not like me, then you probably just will never find out. And I think that's fine. You know, not everybody has to have all the specialization is one of the best economic, um, you know, I don't know what the word is, but it's one of the best things for the economy. It's just when people specialize in things. And so I'm just not a specialist in this movie or Taiwanese new cinema, really. I would maybe say it might be almost more similar to an onion and an iceberg, whereas the outer layer that's hard to get into is the length and the stuff you don't understand. But then as you peel it in, it gets sweeter and like. I don't know, onions don't get sweet as you true? get to the center. <laughs> I don't think that's onions, true. okay, talking about food here, I, again, I'm not an expert, maybe we should bring them up. I don't even think the outer onions. layer of an onion's that hard to get into. <laughs> but anyways, people always talk about onions and kind of how they're pungent and stuff, yeah. so maybe this movie could be seen as like, oh, it's really long, it's Taiwanese, it's like confusing, <laughs> but then as you peel it back, it gets really sweet and lovely to dig into. But yeah, an iceberg or an onion... But either way, same my idea. point is, my point is, if you care enough to know more and to peel back the layers sure then you're gonna have a really great experience and yeah. more power to you it becomes rewarding it's a like what's like the term like uh not diminishing returns but increasing returns probably <laughs> yeah yeah that's true okay and uh that's it we can leave it at that we'll move okay. ahead to okay. our we'll do our uh stuff quick here at the end what's entertaining you this week yeah we're over an hour now so yeah, dude. all right uh, I want to talk about something Little positive. Oh, dude, I just I got like. my email a few minutes ago that I got my paycheck this week, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Pretty excited. Sweet. <laughs> All right. Up. All right. So, as I said at the outset, I'm trying to amplify melanated voices in my own life and uh, trying to experience and not necessarily experience, but, you know, get a deeper understanding of other people's culture. And one contemporary filmmaker who has been telling black stories um, is Barry Jenkins. And I was ashamed to admit that I'd only seen one of his movies, uh, Moonlight. And so I decided to actually rewatch it because kind of what I try to do is I try to rewatch a movie about a year after I saw it the first time 
It's a and, good strategy. Yeah, it kind of gives me some space in between, but also allows me to revisit stuff that I saw, you know, that I've forgotten. And so I decided to rewatch Moonlight, and it was a really great experience. I think the first time I saw it, I didn't really understand uh, the point. I mean, I kind of got the point. I just didn't really connect with it. And so um, watching it again really allowed me to um, take what I'd heard so much about this movie from other film critics and reviewers and kind of bring it in with me to the movie and contemplate uh, some of the aspects that are going on, particularly in the cinematography, how they light um, the black skin, the skin tones um, are illuminated in a way that uh, is very unique and is not often seen. I think it kind of takes a black filmmaker um, who understands, you know, the skin tones to, you know, highlight that. But that's kind of what the movie is all about, is how we look under certain lights. Um, it's called Moonlight because uh, in the beginning of the movie, um, the, the mentor character, Juan, played by Mahershala Ali, um, who I think actually won an Oscar for his performance, even though he's in like less than a third of the movie. That's amazing. Um, he explains, he tells a story of when he was a boy, this Cuban woman would say, under the moonlight, black boys look blue. And that's kind of a, a thing that, I guess, a theme that's brought up in the movie is just, you know, how we appear under, under the light and different, different types of light and how this person, Chiron, kind of grows up and moves through phases of his life and takes on new identities as he grows up and, and also starts to accept the identity that he's had with him ever since he was a kid, um, which, which is, you know, as a gay man. And so as he grows up, he has to process those feelings and, you know, he's had experiences and all these different things that are going on. Um, and it's really, really, you know, a powerful experience. And it's not necessarily exclusively about the black experience, but it has a lot of those elements. Um, how kind of the drugs and poverty impact his life and his mm -hmm. neighborhoods. Um, and, you know, a lot of the culture um, that surrounds it. Again, I don't know that much about it, so I don't want to misspeak or, you know, come off of as, as uh, be misconstrued. I'm just beginning to understand, and uh, it's, it's very interesting to me. And this film was great. So... Having only seen one of his films, I decided to check out another one. Ooh. This is newer. It's his most recent film. It's called If Beale Street Could Talk. Ooh, nice. Um, and this was really great. I really liked this one. Um, it's about... It's mainly about a young woman who is struggling with her future motherhood, as well as fighting for her boyfriend's... Um, release from prison uh he's he's been jailed for a crime that he didn't commit and he was accused by actually a latina woman um for for raping her and doing horrible things to her and so um the the woman tish the main character here she's um trying to prove his innocence and it's told simultaneously through flashback of her life with him um, and 
you know, their romance and their family struggles. And there's a really, really powerful scene with Brian Tyree Henry, who was on Atlanta and he was in Joker and he's kind of a big up and coming actor. And he recently got out of jail in this scene and he's telling the stories of, you know, what happened to him in there. And it's a very just terrifying story and scene that he's speaking very quietly. You can see that he has probably some PTSD and just, you know, he's explaining the reality of what it's like to be African-American and be in jail in that system. And he talks about how they can, they can do anything to you, like anything. And it's just, it's very haunting. And that really stuck with me. So I would highly, highly recommend both of these films, Moonlight actually won Best Picture, so it might be a little more well-recognized, but man, if Bill Street could talk, definitely probably should have won the Oscar that year. <laughs> Up against Green Book, man, I can't believe, Ooh, yeah. can't believe that, uh, you know, a story about, a story by, you know, white filmmakers could be the best film depicting the experience of an African-American in America, so... Anyway, again, I don't know a lot, but I'm growing in my understanding, and it's actually really, yeah, really enlightening. Really, so. really good. Really important to do. Yeah. I will try and do that as well. I want to watch uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. I know you've been recommending that for a while. That's a great movie. And I'd love to check out Moonlight and If Feel Street Could Talk. Um, yeah, I don't want to oversimplify or you know misspeak either, but it's definitely something that's important to uh, to learn about and appreciate and that's that's a cool thing about film too that we've talked about personally a lot is mm-hmm. being able to experience other people's uh maybe not experience their uh perspective on life but be able to at least have a perspective on someone mm-hmm. else's life and see into that and understand yeah. it a little bit more yeah. it's awesome okay i just have one i literally have one movie <laughs> that i've seen in the last week that is not one that we talked about on the show <laughs> Right, like all the other ones we did Pulp Fiction last week and then I watched A Brighter Summer Day and those are the only ones I've watched in June besides Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sweet five star amazing movie I love Spider-Man this is like my fourth time seeing it probably (laughs) at least third I know for sure third no four I think it's my fourth time (laughs) alright uh so great uh yeah, I mean, I think we should probably do a full episode at some point. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, like, both one of our favorite movie. Like, <laughs> it's both really high up on our favorite movies lists. Yeah. Kind of, in a way, for me. But, anyways. Uh, yeah, so I don't have a ton that I want to, like, talk about, but I just it's so funny. The animation is amazing. Uh, there's so many details. Talk about details that I've noticed more and more. Little teeny subtle things that are really really fun to pick up on and it's just a good wholesome fun movie to put on i didn't have to think about it too much didn't have to dissect it it was only like i mean it's like two hours plus or something but it's still pretty light and fun and goes fast yeah and uh uh yeah so i love that i love to put it on and just have a good time so yeah also mahershala ali is in that ah nice crossover yeah (laughs) sweet (laughs) okay well i think that wraps it up does i agree um yeah man that was a good episode i'm glad we were able to highlight another edward yang film 
and uh, yeah, yeah, that's it's that's on the it. books. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> crazy. And so that's the end of our show. What are we discussing next week, bro? All right, bro. Next week actually is the next installment of the Pixar project. Wow. As always, our third episode of the month focuses on the next film chronologically by the animation studio Pixar. Um, This time, we are shaking things up a little bit and we're combining two films into one episode. Uh, (laughs) We realized that if we kept going one Pixar movie a month, it would take us like a couple of years to finish. (laughs) So we kind of want to, you know... We want to move through this as quickly as we can without, you know... Rushing. Rushing it. And, you know, we want to give each film its due. So we decided we would start bundling them together um, in ways that made sense. We're not going to talk about, you know, Toy Story 3 and The Good Dinosaur in one episode. Like, we might be able to find connections, but it's pretty weak. So... Obviously, the next one chronologically would be Monsters, Inc. So naturally, we decided to pair that with Monsters University, which came out in 2013. Uh, Monsters, Inc. actually came out in 2001, uh, if you're interested. So that's what we'll focus on next week. Uh, We'll be a pairing of those two films. And yeah, if you want to go back in time, listen to our earlier episodes like Yee Yee um, or any other movie. We talked about Pulp Fiction last week. And going all the way back to our Little Women wow. discussion back in January. So those are all found at brohaveyouseen.captivate.fm. Yep, and all of our episodes are also downloadable on iTunes and Spotify. If you liked the show, please take a second to give us a review on iTunes. You have no clue how much it helps us grow the show and reach um, new listeners. And if you have any feedback about the show, about the episode, what you thought about the movie, all that kind of stuff, yeah. please let us know in your iTunes review or probably email us at brohaveyouseenpodcast at gmail.com. Yep. If there's we, anyone out uh, there yeah. who is in the minority of people who don't like this movie, let me know. No. <laughs> Let's join together. And then, and then if you love it, then also let us know. <laughs> yeah. But for sure. And if you... Uh, if you give us feedback, we might even feature your feedback and your input on our next yeah, episode epic. or a future episode. Um, and so each episode is posted at 6 a.m. on Mondays. Yep, a little Did, switcheroo there. Uh, last weekend was a little bit crazy and didn't get posted till like 8 or 9 in the morning, but you can, you can bet on Monday morning being uh, the next episode being posted. And that's Mountain Standard Time, of course. So if you want to see what else is entertaining me, check out my letterboxed at Everett Clark 236. And if you want to see what other maybe one film I watched in the week, you can check my letterboxed at Barn Clark. So see you next week, bro. See ya.